Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. You know, sometimes we have uh, our, our, our team meetings, we'll sit around and you kind of brainstorm, you rabbit trail to kind of crazy ideas. And, you know, we have these ideas like politicians should have to, we originally said this, they should stand up with, with, with like NASCAR patches on their suit. So every, that we all know who they're sponsored by. Every time somebody gets up to speak, they should say sponsored by, you know, industrial military industrial complex or Pfizer. And they have all these, all their sponsorship, mm-hmm. you know, like NASCAR. So you kind of know who they're about, you know, like Ricky Bobby, they got Wonder Bread on there and you <laughs> kind of, kind of know where, where they're, where they're coming from. An even better idea that create more transparency and probably weed out the the the, the less committed ones if, if they had to get up there with like no shirt on, but every time that they took large chunks of money got tattooed or, wow. or if they have a big belief, you know, because, because you get tired of wind socks, you know, politicians are like, mm, what do I believe today? What's everybody want me to say? You know, we all get sick of that. So if they True. had to, if they had to, you know, tattoo the thing on their arm. It'd they be would like, be very serious about that. Oh, it would be a whole whole different yeah. deal together. I don't know what it would be like to be someone like Joe Biden, who's been in this game for so long mm-hmm. and has had all of these positions. And the clips have been out there. That it's all baked in the cake in the beginning of what he said about school integration, what he said about uh, minorities and, and the, the, the jungle of a school. Mm-hmm. I don't want my kids there. All, all of these things. And then, and then come out and be you know, hey, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. You know, how do you, mm-hmm. like, how do you live in this world where you've said these things and then you have the guts to say that? I think because most of them have the memory of an NFL cornerback where you block out anything that happened two seconds ago and you're on to the next play mm-hmm. because it's not really a predetermined moral compass. Uh, it, it, and, and I think we're in a in a place where some of those 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 beliefs those hens are coming home to roost. Yeah. Uh, now a little True. bit. I don't know what it'd be like to be Joe Biden right now, where you have a, a a party made up of of all of these fractions that now are coming against each other, and you've got to somehow be everything to everybody mm. and please them all. That's why it's always been tough for someone like an Oprah to run for office. It's like easy when you're like, hey. I'm every woman. Yep. I like everybody. But if you got to take a position on something, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So when you've been taking strong positions for 40-some years, and it's like, oh, the, these people are in different camps now. What do I do? Um, the the this, this deal in Gaza is like really far away, but really coming home mm-hmm. close. I want to play a clip real quick of, of Rashida Tlaib, a member of the squad, of the kind of the, the, the far radical ring of, of, of that, the, that left wing that has sort of pulled their party one direction and kind of gained ground for them. But now they're sort of, uh, you know, it's this dog that protected their house that's now kind of biting their ankles as well. Let's play this real quick. President, to our president. Yes, he's still our, well, hold on. I I, I want him to know, as a Palestinian American, is also somebody of Muslim faith, I'm not going to forget this. And I think a lot of people are not going to forget this. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a threat. It isn't. They, they think we're joking. I mean, I think the White House and everyone thinks that we're just going to sit back and let this just continue to happen. No. The fact of the matter is, our lives are not safe with you or the forever peach president. When are we going to feel safe? When are we going to stop? continued literally oppression of indigenous communities when are we going to say enough so uh you know she's like hey this is a problem and uh we're not you know this idea of like my president your president we are not putting up with this anymore these are big demands that are being made so what do you do what do you do when, when the locker room's sort of falling apart, you know, where your 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 linemen hate the quarterback and this is all kind of kind of falling apart? It's an interesting place to be. Especially when you don't really have that foundation and you don't, you know, you're like you are like a windsock. Yeah. You just blow with it. And so you're just kind of like, what do what do my constituents want? What does everybody want? Okay, I'll go do that. Now you got a major problem when yep. your constituents want different things. Where do you go? And uh, there's somebody that can break down the left better than anybody I know, one of the sharpest minds and also one of the coolest people in media. I strongly encourage everybody in Flyover family, track this guy down, follow him. You'll be better for it, Mr. Aaron Prager. Thank you guys for having me back on. I really appreciate it. Uh, It was a great time last time. And uh, I guess we're just jump right into it, right? Yes. It is. It is. We, we love your show. We love following we your takes. I want to put one, uh, I'll put some links down below for it. But <clears throat> if you were, if you were brought into the White House tomorrow as an advisor uh, for Joe Biden 
And he's like, okay, we kind of we, we we have a, a strong base in the Jewish community, Democrats. We have uh, this, you know, Queers for Palestine group over here. <laughs> you know, we have all of these fractions. How how do how do I uh, walk that tightrope in a, in a way where uh, the locker room's kind of falling apart? So it's it's interesting. I have a lot of thoughts on like at the top of the list. The left, I genuinely believe, does not care because. They will win people back in two seconds via mainstream media's messaging. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden does not have to walk a tightrope. Yes, he's got people, you know, uh, who's younger people and older Democrat Jewish people concerned about ceasefire in Gaza. Yes, he has black people in Chicago and people of lower economic status worried about immigration. But nonetheless, these people don't think about it too far. They don't they don't they don't play the tape through, as I like to call it all the way. And Joe Biden knows this. I just said in a recent video that I genuinely believe that the playbook of the left is they understand that their base is too dumb to understand the nuance within these 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 uh, these issues. And all they have to do is call things racist, homophobic, xenophobic, transphobic and all the other isms. That's all they have to do to continuously keep at least enough of their base to win elections. Now. I have a whole other thought about like you know, elections. We can go down that whole rabbit hole. But nonetheless, Joe Biden, as an, if I was an advisor, to Joe Biden, I would, you know, realistically, the smart thing would be to say, hey, pick a lane. But by picking a lane, they would alienate all the other parts of their of the intersectional yeah. coalition mm-hmm. that they've tried to build. So, yes, they're in a tough spot. And I think Republicans, if we're smart would use this as a time to come together, unify actually under the fact that Donald Trump is going to be the nominee for us and realize that this is an election to defeat the left. This is a pivotal moment in our nation's history. We need to win this election. We need to, and, and, the, and, and, our, and a, a common friend of ours over at 1776 TV says, we need to outvote the steal. That's what you need mm-hmm. to do. Regardless yeah. if you think the election was stolen or not, you need to, Republicans need to get out there and conservatives need to get out there and try to overwhelm whatever the left is going to throw at us. It's a great point, you know, because you really do see the left, they seem to, with all of their, you know, faults and and all of those things, they seem to get along as far as, okay, we can be unified. We may not agree on a lot of things, but we'll be unified in this fight where the Republican Party seems to fire on each other. It's like a circular firing squad, and we have a really hard time unifying. So let's take the other side of the coin then, Aaron. So we were talking about what would you say to Joe Biden? I know what you say to Joe Biden, because I'm not sure I understand. I don't know how much you'd understand anyway um, at this point and who you'd be speaking to if it would even be, you know, him. I'm sure it wouldn't. Um, So let's look at the other side of it, though. When it comes to the Republican Party, what would be your recommendation of how do we unify and how do we stop firing at each other? Well, you have to lay the issues out as clearly as possible right at the top of the ticket. And I've been I've been banging on this drum for multiple years now. Conservatives need to become the party of parents. I think that. What the left has done to our children and the upending of something as understandable as binary gender is a travesty. And now they're taking aim at our kids. Parents right, yeah. left and center will see this. You see, I remember there was there's a there's a famous uh, a gamer streamer named Nick Merckx, and he came under fire because of the uh, of the Armenian population protesting the schools in Glendale. And he basically just tweeted out saying, mm. leave kids alone. And this isn't a political guy, but he's a new father. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a new father and he and, and something even from his words said unlocked within him. You have to bring the party. You have to bring Republicans together under the flag that the left is going to absolutely destroy every societal norm that the left themselves even or sorry, that the right and the left themselves enjoy. Because there is that middle ground that every that both sides and I will include the left in this understand are are American. Like we do have common ground. If I didn't believe there's common ground, then I wouldn't be doing this. We have to Mm -hmm. fight for common ground. Yep. But Republicans are so quick to jump down each other's throat and slice each other's necks and stab each other in the back. And I, and I don't know where this has come from. I really don't. I, I think that a lot of people have seen the direction the country's going and on, on the right side. And especially after, after uh, the election in 2020 with, so many concerns being raised around election integrity that now they just don't know who to trust, even within mm-hmm. their own party. And we saw this like DeSantis was going to be was regarded as, you know, a big Trump supporter. And then he decides to run. And for some and now it's like the end of the world 
that 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 he's like, oh, he's trying to come back into MAGA. He's trying to come back into the America First movement by you know endorsing Donald Trump or whatever. And I'm like, I didn't like that split, but we need the DeSantis, the diehard DeSantis sure. voters in 2024. Sure. Like we need them. And if we don't wise up, we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you had a video that came out the other day. And I, again, Flyover family, I encourage you. We're going to put the link down below. Um, you do little shorts. You do you're on YouTube, Rumble. Want to focus mm-hmm. specific on your on your your Rumble channel. I think a lot of people here are probably watching us on that platform. We're on 60 different platforms. So wherever you are, go to his Rumble channel. Give it, give it a follow. But you brought up a point that I've never heard anybody frame as well as you did in this, this video. The idea of luxury beliefs. And I think mm-hmm. uh, this, it helped me understand. We talk about this stuff every day. We read every article. We're on all the the, the news platforms and, and reading what's going on. Um, read a lot of your, your father's books, you know, as well. No one has ever framed this as well. This idea that there's a gap between what what the left perpetuates for people, for the people, and what they believe in is good for themselves and maybe their own children. Uh, the, the, these luxury beliefs. What is a luxury belief? What's an example of that? And kind of frame it. And we'll put a link to this show. I would encourage everybody to go and watch this episode by yourself. It's gonna it's gonna open up a new part of your brain. So, I mean, a luxury belief on its face is basically a belief that someone in the wealthy class, and in this for these for this purpose, a wealthy elitist leftist holds. But I take it a step further and say it's a belief. It's a belief that someone of the socioeconomic class holds that they themselves will never pay the price for. And a couple good examples of this is defunding the police. Okay, it's easy to say defund the police when you're living in a gated community and you have private security. Like Beyonce, <laughs> when she did a concert, I remember thinking to myself even before you know I got really political, she was very against the police, but she was demanding police protection and a police escort like from, I believe, the airport to the venue. So, okay, hypocrite, one. Yep. <laughs> Two, was um, the uh, mass illegal immigration. You hear this across college campuses from these erudite elitists who are saying, oh, you know, no no human is illegal, which I think is a stupid, you know, uh, thing to say the least. But they say this from their, you know, from their college campuses, from their Ivy League institutions, from their New York City ivory towers saying, oh, no, you know, we, we need to bring as many people in as we can. But who are the people who really pay the price for this? Who are the people who, you know, I'm not huge on uh, big government programs, but they are in place for a reason. There are people who genuinely need government assistance from time to time. They're the people who pay the price. The American Mm -hmm. citizens who are paying taxes, maybe they're not paid, but to some degree, like they really need those services. Yeah, We just saw it in New York City. Was it James Madison High School? The kids don't get to go to school. They have to do Zoom classes and lose out on their opportunities for education because illegal migrants need a shelter. And the, and the state's footing the bill for it. Ultimately, the taxpayers that are footing the bill for it. So that's another idea of, of, of luxury beliefs. And the third one I like to go to a lot is, it was actually from the article I reviewed in the video, was a, uh, the, the man who's writing the article, I forget his name. He was talking to a young woman on a college campus about getting married. And she was basically saying, you know, you know the short version of this is, I don't need to get married. You know, I don't need to get married. Uh, or people don't need to get married. And then she herself, though, says, you know what? I'm going to get married. Because people understand that marriage, and especially when kids are involved, provides stability. Mm-hmm. They provide economic stability. They provide emotional yeah. support and stability. Now, of course, marriage you know, comes along with all of the other things. You're going to have fights. No marriage is perfect, yada, yada. But generally speaking, it does provide stability. And this is a great lie, I believe, that women in this country, young women have been sold in this country, is that a career will make you as happy as a happy marriage. So my father likes to always ask uh, people, if you could have one guarantee, one guarantee which would it be? Not to say that you can't have the other, but one guarantee. Would you like to have, or if, if, if a genie came up and basically said you could have one, a happy marriage or a happy career, but you can't have, but you know, not to say you can't have both, but just to see what people's reactions are. If you had to choose that. one. Astonishing. Yeah. Well, you and, know, and what was the response? What would be the response? I mean, I've seen, I've seen all types of responses. I've seen crowds, you know, go one way. I've seen crowds go the other, but you I mean, you never know. And I think it really has to do with where your moral framework is. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to look at things from the outside perspective and not just run everything on your, what your emotional reaction is at the moment, you're never going to get a response from people who think, Oh, by asking that question, you're attacking me. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, well when you see, question. you know, media, we, we've done this little like informal study ourselves and, and even with our kids, when you're watching a movie, we'll pause it. And because 
you, you'll never see an insinuation of a sexual encounter or the framing of a sexual encounter, even like, you know, a, a man and a woman go in, yeah, they're like looking at each other and they go into the room and the door shuts and it fades away. There's not even that inside of marriage. It's only in a dating, you know, relationship. And there's the, there's this marketing out there that like your life will be miserable if you're married. You're giving up all the good times and and all you do is 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 have mm-hmm. a, you know, and, and people remember the the problems maybe of their parents or or, or these kind of things. And every statistic shows you have a more fulfilled sex life inside of marriage. Actually, the frequency of of sex inside of a marriage is better than if you're dating and clubbing and you know these kind of scenarios. Mm-hmm. Like, but the marketing of movies, sitcoms, everything really portrays it. You know, in a way that you're going to have the most fulfillment, crushing life, achieving your goals, being a power person then you will be sacrificing all your hopes and dreams to be this miserable uh, floor mopper. Yeah, I, I think it's a tremendous disservice to people, and the left is great at this. I mean, i I like to I like to say that the the I've been trying to illustrate more what the left's playbook is for people because I think it's important for people to understand. I mean, everything that the left has done has been to isolate people, but away not from not from not from the government. That's what they want. They want people right. to be you know think the government is everything, but to isolate people away from other people. I mean, COVID was a great mm-hmm. opportunity for them to start this and to test it out because make no mistake about it. This is what governments do. They test things out on people in little ways and see what the reactions are to things. Yeah. And people fell in line with this really easily. And not only that, it's become the new norm now where people like, think about this. I give this example all the time. People now do not want to interact with other people. They will actively go to lengths to avoid it. And what do I mean by this? Like think about ordering a pizza, right? You know, it used to be, you had to go to the pizza shop. Then -hmm. it became, you have to call and talk to a human being to order the pizza. Then and now it's you open up your phone, you order your pizza, and you select leave it door so you never have to see anybody. <laughs> yeah. This is the way the world is. You go, I go to my local mall now, maybe for economic reasons, whatever. It's like I loved going to malls. I was a mall rat as a kid. spent all my time there <laughs> hanging out with people. I enjoyed it. And there's like nobody there. The stores are closed. People look angry all the time. And I'm like, what has happened here? But this is a, I think this is a indicative of a bigger problem. And that is the left's motive ultimately is to get people alone, complacent, believing that the government could solve all of their problems, paying their high taxes, living in their pods. And just like Klaus Schwab's likes to say, you know, eating the fake meat and being able to just garnish their vote by mm-hmm. mail-in voting, like in ballot harvesting, like that is the playbook of the left going mm. into 2024. So to circle back kind of to what you're talking about, like what do Republicans need to do? We, Republicans need to live in reality. That's what we need to do. We have to realize that the whole script has changed. The playbook has changed. The the whole world has changed. Mm -hmm. And if we have any chance of doing anything in 2024, we have to adopt. Like, stop playing by what you think the rules are. Start playing by what they have made the rules. That is great. And that's why you were even bringing up what Alan Jacoby says about, like, overwhelming them in the amount of people that are showing up for the elections. Absolutely. Yeah, these people should not be uh, in charge of of anything because mm-hmm. what they touch does tend to go poorly. Every city run with leftist policies, the people suffer. Even the Bible says when when a uh, a bad ruler is in charge, the people moan, you mm-hmm. know, and and suffer. And that really is the problem. And I I don't know how we ended up a place where a a, a New York billionaire who's ridden in a limo most of his life, President, can somehow, Donald Trump can somehow, I don't know how he does it, but he can somehow get out of the car and and be dealing with, uh, you know, here uh, hundreds of these stories, talking to a project manager and then go to the side and talk to the guys in charge of pouring the concrete and ask him directly, like, why is this behind? And that guy will tell him, well, we're behind because we don't have this and this and this supply. Mm-hmm. And he like, sh- you know, gets the project done, you know, by being able to relate with the cab driver and the concrete guy. I don't know how he does that. I, uh, Don Trump Jr. He kind of has his own vibe, but Eric Trump specifically, we spent a lot of time with Eric backstage. We've interviewed him five or six times. He's the most easy, like to connect with person mm-hmm. that really can skip through those ranks and 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 connect and get things done. The way he treats staff behind stage and different people, it's like wow, that's you don't fake that for a minute. Right. It, 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 it it's real. So I do think there's something there that the people connect with, you know, in a way that politicians. Mm-hmm don't. And I, I think that that does resonate. And that's why no matter kind of what sticks, you know, what's thrown at him, it doesn't seem to stick like it does with other people. Uh, I mean, I, I've said this from the very beginning. I I don't care 
how Trump acts, or sorry, I don't, I don't care what Trump says. I care what he does, yeah. right? If he is going to go to East Palestine after the train derailment and buy everyone food, good. If he's going to go out there and be and show up to these areas that people need him, listen to them, engage with them, make them feel heard, that is the greatest turning off of, yeah. the, uh, uh, of the steam that could potentially blow up that you can have. People need to be able to speak. They need to feel validated and, and to have their mm -hmm. voice. Donald Trump gives that to a lot of people, make no mistake about it. And the less critic biggest criticism of him always being disingenuous, he's trying to buy votes, he's trying... I'm like, okay, what? first off, you're doing the same thing, but let's like explore that a little bit more. I would rather... You know, you know, every every Christmas time, people are always posting videos of doing service for other people, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, you always hear the same criticism online. Well, stop videoing yourself doing it. I'm, and I look at these people. I'm like, would you rather them not be doing this for people? I would rather right. people right. do service for people and video it <laughs> than oh, right, right. I would rather Great Donald point. Trump be out there doing all these things and and, and, and and with the goal of being able to get back into the Oval Office to give us the things that we did have mm -hmm. from from 2016 to yeah. 2020 to COVID. I would. I don't care what he says. If you're, if you care what he says, you're living too much in your emotion, and you need to have your logical side win out a little bit more. Man, That's great, so great point. Flyover family, go to, go to AP mm -hmm. Unfiltered, AP underscore Unfiltered on Twitter. But AP, we'll have the links below. Mm -hmm. Twitter, great follow. Uh, uh, thought provoking takes on everything as it happens, but specifically rumble you gotta go to rumble you gotta go to rumble he's, go he's to moving rumble over there so you know he's got he's got on youtube and that one's you know growing and all that it's still new on rumble so we want to yes. get those up there so uh more and more people following him on rumble give it a follow at a ding when he goes live when he does up every single day there is great content that's going to make you think that's going to stretch it well-fought arguments in private when he brings them into public it rings true uh aaron you are a gift i i, I i'm thankful that we have you in this in this fight uh, for mm -hmm. truth and, and and clarity, especially over these next 251 days, but but especially the 90 days after the next mm -hmm. election, because no matter what happens, your voice is going to be incredibly important. And I, I hope as many of our followers go there and follow you today. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on again. I'm uh, just honored to be here, honored that uh, you guys uh, have that faith in me and are willing to expose your audience to my content. So thank you very much. Dude, we'll have you back again. Thanks Definitely. a lot. Definitely. Thanks. All right, Flyver family. My name is Avery Whited. I'm the daughter of David and Stacy. I'm just moving in, so I had to get an order for my pillow and get the things that I needed. So let's look inside. I got some my pillow uh, towels, kitchen towels. I got some of their Giza sheets. Now I've never actually been able to use them, but I've heard amazing things from my parents about them. And last but not least, something for Charlie. Hey, dog bed. All right, Charlie, let's go put this in the dryer and fluff it up for you. Come on, buddy. Nice and warm and fluffy. Perfect for my little guy. Come here, Charlie. All right, if you want to get your own products, go to mypillow.com and use promo code FLYOVER to save up to 66% off. This is a crazy time to be alive. Well, just in our lifetime, used to be where you'd hear your grandparents talk about how cheap gas was and stuff, and it was 75 years before, 50 years you yeah. know, before. And so we've seen a lot of changes since Biden took office, $700 more a month. Than what you needed in January of 21 when he took office. You might hear these kind of things and think, oh, that's overwhelming. I can't control the government. I can't control what they're doing. I can't control the spending, but we can take care of ourselves. You want to make sure that you're buying bullion from somebody that you can trust and someone that does not charge you a commission when you go to sell. If there's going to be a commission, have it on the front end, not the back end when it skyrockets. And now you're like, oh my gosh, look at this big, huge commission I got to pay because it's on the back end before I sell it. You can buy an ounce of silver for $23. So this is something everybody can get into. And if silver goes to $50, if it goes to 75, if it goes to 100, all of those profits are yours. And that's happening while the dollar is buying less and less at the actual grocery store. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to set up a free consultation. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. Or to do the same thing, you can just call 720-605-3900. I'm convinced 
that the American church has arrived at a significant moment of truth. We are only 75, 80 years removed from three separate regimes that killed 60 to 70 million people intentionally. The parallels with where the American church is now to where the German church stood in the face of the Nazi regime are unavoidable and grim. Churches need to understand really what Marxism is, which is to destroy the church, to destroy the word of God. So if you capture the seminaries, you capture the pastors, you capture the laity, you capture the soul of the world. Christianity is not just about saying Jesus loves you and then going to heaven one day, but that there's a war that's raging. The church is weakening, which is why Marxism is ascendant in America today. This is the hour of the American church. Wow. wow. So well done. You know, we've been referencing this book for, I don't a know, a year, a year maybe yep. a year and a half. I forget exactly how long um, on this show. And I tell you, I'm so excited to dive into this content uh, a little bit deeper. Um, he's number one New York, New York Times bestseller, written more than 30 books. Uh, for children. For, just for children alone of the 14 other books, translated into more than 20 five languages. I, I don't know if he speaks 25 <laughs> languages. That would be uh, super impressive. But the one that only Mr. Eric McTaxis. Thank you. I, all the books, you know, translated into other languages. I can't read them. I wrote them evidently, but I cannot read them. <laughs> but here's the good news. All my books have been translated into other languages, but they will soon be translated back into English and so we can read them again. Isn't that perfect? Great? Perfect. It's awesome. He's been good. operating in faith up to this point. You're assuming this is what I said, <laughs> but it's in Swahili, so I'm not 100% sure. Eric, something I've been dying to ask you about, and this would, it, it honestly, from personal reasons, to help me make sense of the world uh, that we're in. When you talk about, uh, you know, Bonhoeffer, if you were to go to on a college campus today and ask students, you know, if you were going to be, you know, during slavery, you know, who would you be? Every student would raise their hand that they would be an abolitionist, you know, for sure. And we know that's yeah. not true. Or there would, there would have been more, mm -hmm. you know, people like to look selectively and inject themselves into storylines differently than maybe they are in their current circumstances. Um, but I, I look at, at his situation. I look at our current circumstances and the way you, you lay them next to each other. I, I, I wonder sometimes, are people... Under the 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 hypnosis of propaganda and ill-informed, and that's why they operate, or 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 do they operate the way they do out of lack of of fiber in their spine and mm. courage? Um, we uh, put it one more thing. We had a, we had a tech executive on recently in the show, and he's developed uh, a browsing software. Uh, he's, he's pro conservative, First Amendment, you know these things, and he, he referenced his brother. So we actually looked on his 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 profile. He has a brother. That's the most far Trump hating leftist person that you could ever have. And I'm like, these, these, both these men have access to the same information and they're speaking out with equal passion mm -hmm. on different sides of the coin. Um, and I look at these times in history where, where they're just, where, 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 where Bonhoeffer's peers under propaganda influence and bought in, or was he the only one with courage? To stand it's up. It's both. It's both. It's it's everything. I mean, this is the point is that there's no answer. There, there's a there's a a host of reasons and and some people are let, let let's be honest. There have always been uh cowards, right? I'm gonna do what works for me. I'm scared, I gotta protect myself, I don't care about truth, I don't care about my neighbor. What do I need to do so I get don't get in trouble? There have always been people like that. Uh there have always been people that are deluded that they actually believe they're doing the right thing when they're doing the wrong thing. Why would that be? There's a host of reasons just for that. Why would you be convinced that, you know, as a Christian, for example, I don't need to speak out against uh, evil. I don't need to speak out against corruption. I don't need to speak out against uh, any of these things. I just need to stay in my lane, preach the gospel, be a nice person. Where do people get those Mm -hmm. horrible ideas. They're from the pit of hell. But where did you get it from? Well, you know, you say, well, that's what my pastor says. 
uh, where did he get it from? Well, he, he was listening to a sermon by Andy Stanley, or he was listening to John Maxwell, the great Christian leader, John Maxwell or Rick Warren. They said Christians shouldn't be political. Mm-hmm. The bad ideas are bad ideas. Where they come from, why some people uh, take them. I mean, I mentioned they've always been, you know, cowards. They've always been people that are confused. They're just doing the wrong thing because they bought into bad mm-hmm. ideas. And there've always been wicked people. There are people knowingly, in other words, it's kind of like somebody says, listen, uh, you want to get rich and famous? We're going to pay you money or, or we've got some dirt on you. If unless you do what we tell you, uh, we're going to show this dirt. There, that, that has always existed. So where someone is or what their excuses are, it's always complicated. The question is, what about you? What about me? Are we honest before God? Do we say, Lord, I want to do what is right and true because I actually believe in you. I actually love you and I trust you. So the reason the new book is called Letter to the American Church is because I thought this is the American heresy. Americans think, oh, I'm just saved by faith, so I don't need to do anything. I just Mm -hmm. believe some stuff, so I'm saved. I'm good. Wrong. If you actually believe in the God of the Bible the way you claim to. You have a saving faith in the God of the Bible. The scripture says you will act differently. You will live out your faith. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So if you're not living out your faith heroically, self-sacrificially and saying, God, my job belongs to you. You gave me my job. You provide for me. You gave me whatever I have. So I'm going to, I'm going to serve you self-sacrificially and fearlessly because you're real and I can actually trust you. If you don't have that kind of faith, you really don't have faith. And so you have mm. this kind of soft message being preached around the country that, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to be activated and activist mm-hmm. and you don't have to be doing this and do it. Just believe, just come to church on Sunday and, you know, we're going to keep our noses clean. We don't want to get in trouble. That's exactly what led to hell on earth under the Nazis was yeah. Christians mm-hmm. in Germany who bought this lie. Again, some of them were cowards. Some of them were just confused. Some of them are really good people who, who got confused. Not They weren't all evil. You, you had this host of, you know, this, this continuum, right? This variety mm-hmm. of things. But the bottom line is most people, Christians in Germany, in the early 30s, early, they said, we, we don't think we need to fight. We don't think we need to be like those radicals like Bonhoeffer and, you know, be fighting against the evil of the Nazis because we don't know if it's evil and, you know, it'll pass and we're just going to keep our nose clean. We're going to sit here on the fence. We're going to be neutral. We're just going to have church on Sunday. We don't need to get, you know, so activated and whatever. Well, they were wrong. And because of their inability to face the situation and to stand and to fight and to join Bonhoeffer and others in the fight, they opened the door to hell on earth. Now, we have that historical example. So we have no excuse in the American church. We can look back there. Now, again, you know, a lot of times people just choose not to look. They just they just look at what they want to look at. But so there's this variety of things. And the reality is evil is real. And if you call yourself some kind of Christian, you have to act as though what the Bible says is true. There is evil in the world, satanic evil. God mm-hmm. calls us to fight against it. He calls us to, to trust that he actually defeated death on the cross. So we're not supposed to have fear. We're supposed to be fearless. Now, if you're not fearless, then I'm here to ask, do you maybe not believe? Do you maybe not have faith? If faith is so easy, uh, you know, I, I, I think we need to be willing to pay a price for our faith. People around the world die for their faith. Mm-hmm. We need to choose, do I really, really believe this or not? And people kind of think, well, I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm going to sit here on the fence. I'm not going to do much. You're enabling evil to take over. And that's really the matter, message of Letter to the American Church is the message of the film and the book Letter to the American Church. It shows the parallels with Bonhoeffer and how many good Christians at that time said, I'm going to take a pass. I, I, don't, I don't see any reason for me to get too involved. And, you know, the lie that's present in our day, you have many Christian leaders saying this, that we shouldn't be political. I'm here to say in slavery times, in the 1850s, mm-hmm. would you as a Christian say, I, I don't want to be political because you actually don't care about human beings who are enslaved? You don't care? You're commanded to love your neighbor, but you don't care enough to say, oh, I'm going to get involved politically. In a free country, we have the ability to get involved politically. You're going to say, oh, no, I, I don't care. God will judge you mm-hmm. for that. If you're alive in Wilberforce's day, he stood against the slave trade, incredibly wicked. 
because of his Christian faith. How many Christians at the time, they call themselves Christians, said, we don't want to mix our faith and politics. We just want to go to our nice church. We don't care about people being enslaved and dragged across the Atlantic and, and treated so horrifyingly. I mean, anybody who's read my book, Amazing Grace, about William Wilberforce, it is unbelievable what was done. You don't care about that? You're not going to get involved politically? What about the unborn? You don't care about the unborn? So this lie, and I just want to be clear, this is a lie, and Christian leaders are preaching this lie that we're not supposed to be political. That is nonsense from the pit of hell. And we know we're not supposed to make an idol of politics. We're not supposed to make an idol of anything. I'm not supposed to make an idol of loving my wife or my family, but I'm supposed to love my wife and my family. I'm supposed to love my country. I'm not supposed to make an idol of patriotism. But this idea that if you get involved politically, if you take a stand against these evils that are all around us, you're just being a you're just a culture warrior. You're you're a Christian nationalist. That's the new term that they're using yeah. to mm -hmm. silence the voice of God in his church. If you're not willing to stand against that, you've become part of the problem. It's why I wrote the book Letter to the American Church and the and the film. By the way, people can go to the website lettertotheamericanchurch.com. You can get a free screening at your church. You can buy the DVD. You can do whatever you want. But I want to make this available. Any church that wants to do a free screening, Letter to the American Church, because we're on the lip of you know the volcano. And uh, if the church doesn't wake up now, exactly what happened to the church in Germany, it is happening in America. The parallels are in the book Letter to the American Church and in the film. The parallels are so dramatic that I, I had I had to say something. I had to write the book because I know the story of Bonhoeffer. I know what happened. I know how it happened. It's exactly what is happening now in the American church. Exactly. And that's the horror to me is that it is happening right now. We'll have, the, we'll have those links down below. Mm -hmm. Make sure people know that. Whatever platform, if you're on Spotify, Apple, um, wherever you are in the show notes is a, is a direct link to letters to the American church.com. Um, as well as, as well as, uh, Eric's Twitter feed at Eric Metaxas, um, on, on X. These are, these are voices that you need in your world to be sharing at your, at your dinner table. It was interesting as you were talking, Eric, it just made me think back to 2020, you know, when David and I started flyover conservatives initially, it was just a Facebook group and God gave us the slogan, wake up, speak up and show up. And he really highlighted at that time that um, conservative Christians took a real pride in being the silent majority. And when the plumb line of Jesus is taken out of all these different spheres of influence, that's why you get where we are today, where good is called evil and evil is called good. And we have to not just be awake. And I think you know, the enemy meant 2020, 2021, 2022, all of those things for bad, but God is so good, he can use it for good. And he really did. There was a wake-up call for a lot of people, almost like a bucket of cold water that were thrown on people. Um, and then right. the next question is, are you willing to speak up? Are you willing to show up? And we're seeing more and more of that. But what would be your recommendation, you know, for people? If they're listening to this today and they're like, okay, I, I want to use my time, my talent, my treasure, what are different ways that people can speak up and show up to make a difference? Well, at the at the website, lettertotheamericanchurch.com, there's a list of things people can do. I think the first thing is to get people to understand the problem. It's why I wrote the book. Uh, and why we made the film. We have a study guide because people, I want people to study this in small groups to really understand this is not Eric Metaxas's point of view. This is either biblical or it's garbage. And if it's biblical, uh, you just ask God, say, Lord, what would you have me to do? First of all, I say to people, please spread the message, spread the mm -hmm. website, letter to the American church.com so that other people can su suddenly say, oh, oh yeah, there, there's a free screening Maybe I want to go because I kind of feel like it's about a movement, right? That that we all have something to do and God will show us what to do. Some of us can do very small things. Some of us can do huge things. It doesn't matter. The point is, if you ask God to use you uh, in, in saving this country for God's purposes, he will do that. It's just that there's so many people aren't convinced that they need to do anything or they've been convinced that. I just need to be nice. I need to go along to get along. I don't want to cause trouble. That is a lie. And there are Christian voices uh, and shame on them for spreading this lie because there were Christian voices in Hitler's Germany who were preaching this lie. Don't get involved. Leave it alone. Just do church. That is what enabled hell on earth in, that, in those days because the church was silent at the moment when they had a voice. Now, the key is... We're in those early days where 
there is still, I mean, I shouldn't say it's early days. We're, we're at the last moment, but we're still, there's still a little bit of time. There's not three years or five years. There's mm-hmm. like a year maybe where if the church does not rise up and say, we must act, we must do everything we can. You know, it, it, Trump is not enough. Okay. I, I think it's very, very important uh, for people to understand that mm-hmm. we're going to have an election and that it is vital that we reelect yeah. Trump, absolutely vital in anything you can do, but that's not enough. The church is responsible. We have to be activated and we have to do our part. Bonhoeffer called it faith in action. If your faith is not faith in action, you have no faith. You're, you're deluded. And there are many people who say, well, I, I have faith and I'm saved by my faith. I believe this. I believe that. If you're not living it out self-sacrificially, it's proof to God that you do not have real faith because if you have real faith, you're going to be living it out. Now, what does that mean? That looks different for everybody. You know, not everybody uh, is going to be like me or like you guys. Everybody's different. Some people are going to run for office. Some people are just going to say, you know, I'm going to homeschool my kids or I'm going to get involved. Mm -hmm. There's an infinite number of things we can do. But the point is we've we've bought this idea that church is just this little thing. It's like a hobby I do in the basement. It has no relation to the rest of my life. No, your faith is supposed to be lived out in every sphere, every single sphere. And when the church starts living like that, or when enough in the church, when a holy remnant in the church start living like that and hanging out with others who get that, that will change the nation. But the time is Mm -hmm. very short. It's why we're making the film available free to any church that wants to screen the film for free. LetterToTheAmericanChurch.com. You can see it there. You can see the free screenings that are available. But you can also sign up your church, and I would beg people to do that. And if your church doesn't want to do a free screening, then I want to know, why do you go to that church? Because the main main thing people say to me, what can I do? I say the first thing, if you are going to a church that is, you know, singing while uh, the Jews are passing by in the boxcars, some people familiar with that idea, you're just saying, oh, we're just going to worship God. We don't care about what is that. If you're going to a church that is enabling this evil by doing nothing, I beg you to get out of that church. I beg you to take your tithe, that's God's money, out of that church. Pull your friends out of that church. You need to be a part of a body of Christ that understands where we are and that is fighting heroically. It's what the Lord created us for. It's what he called us into his presence, to have faith in him, to live that way. And if we will do that, the world will change. And if we don't do that, we're part of the problem. So it's a very stark choice. And I say it over and over again. If you're on the fence, the devil owns the fence. And if you're on the fence, you're serving the devil. You might not know it, but I'm here to tell you that you need to choose. Don't don't be fooled into thinking that there's some neutral ground because all the German pastors that believed that, they eventually saw they had been duped, they had been used. And when they woke up, it was too late. That is the horror is that it was too late. There was nothing they could do. We're right in that moment now where we have a year or so. If we do not wake up, if you wake up in two, three years from now, th- there will be enough laws and enough uh, authoritarian uh, figures to just shut you down. Mm-hmm. You no longer have any recourse. Right now, we still have a voice. We still have recourse. But if we don't use our voice and use all the resources we have and do everything we can, just spread this stuff on social media, do what you can. If we don't do it, it's over. So I believe the Lord is with us. He wants us to do it. He'll be with us. But everyone listening, you could be the tipping point. Literally, you, whoever yeah. you are, mm-hmm. you could be the tipping point. What you do, you are the church. And that's really the the, the central message. We have a you know, big value for tools uh, in this space because you know people can watch a show, but I, hey, how do I articulate this at the dinner table? This is a tool, Father Family, that you can sit down with your family, with your kids, with your grandkids, and watch and have a meaningful conversation mm-hmm. and inject yourself in the storyline. What would I do then? Well, we have the opportunity. What would I? What would I do now? We have a slogan on the show that a lot of people, everybody's kind of sitting back hoping Donald Trump would do eighty million things to save America. The real answer we found is eighty million of us need to do one thing each day to save our our own country, and it's up to us individually. Mm-hmm. We have a couple minutes left with you. I kind of end with one question, Eric. And again, Flyover Family, go to letters to the American letter. letter mm-hmm. Only one letter. Mm-hmm. Only needed one. He's that good. <laughs> letter. To the American Church, uh, dot com. Paul needed like dozens. Of, he did. Uh, Eric yep. needs one. one. <laughs> Letter to the American Church, dot com. Uh, go there. These resources are all available to you. But I want to ask you real quick as we close to you personally, based in your life, your walk, your observation of the world, uh, uh, your observation of, of God's word. 
who is Jesus? He seems to be someone who is is made into a malleable force in today's world to to reflect the message of the time. Jesus may be kind. One of the fruits of the Spirit now seems to be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, he was always nice. He was always he's walked around washing people's feet. Um, to you and your experience, your relationship, who is Jesus? Well. There's no answer to that question. He is my Lord and my Savior. He is everything. He is God. There's not uh, an atom in all of the universe uh, that he didn't create and that he's not making the electron go around the nucleus. And I mean, God is so big that it, 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 it could give you a heart attack understanding who he is. But he made himself a human being so that we could relate to him. It's, it's mind-blowing. I mean, I talk about this. I wrote a book called um, is atheism dead? And when you understand who God is, on one level, it's frightening when you think how big and amazing he is. And then the idea that he says, yes, and I want to be your friend. I love you. I died for you. I want a relationship with you personally. That is so mind-blowing. You talk about, you know, the greatest story ever told, the good news. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's astonishing. It is astonishing. And listen, he calls us to live for him utterly. And it's a joy. It's an adventure. It's not a burden. It's why we were born. Mm -hmm. It's why we were born again, to live utterly for him. And that's going to look different for everybody, but just ask him to show you. And again, I hope this book galvanizes people, Letter to the American Church and the film, because I really think we're in in an extraordinary historic moment where if the church will rise to this occasion, we will see glorious things that many of us have never dreamt of. Uh, people have been praying for for centuries. I think we're going to see the fruit of those prayers. But the church of this day, and again, the church is whoever you are listening right now, you're the church. Mm-hmm. If we will step up and be heroic, uh, as we think we would have been heroic back in Bonhoeffer's day or another day, you do it now and see what the Lord will do through you. Uh, it's, a, it's a glorious moment. It is a glorious moment. But the Lord will not force us. We have to choose to obey uh, and to trust him. That's good. Well, you're, you're, you're a hero to us personally. I love your work. Uh, I, I think God puts you in this timeline on purpose. Uh, Stacy and I are very thankful mm-hmm. for you. While a lot of the church may be just focused on behavior modification and waiting on a rapture, you know, to come and, and fix it all. Uh, you're seem to be using every ounce of what God put in you, leaving it all on the court. Uh, with nothing left for tomorrow to make a difference. And uh, I hope that people take action on this. Go to uh, letter to theamericanchurch.com. It's in the links below. Thanks for the work that mm-hmm. you create. And thank you for being just a bright light today. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. <laughs> well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president. And I know people have talked to you about whether or not you want to run. Would you, would you ever? Never got so bad, I would never want to rule it out totally. A new world order. These allegations are false. Weapons of mass destruction. The USA Patriot. The blueprint for large corporations. We once were, we are no longer a Christian nation. Donald Trump confirmed that he is considering a run in 2016. Do it. I am officially running for President of the United States. He will never be President of the United States. Donald Trump will never be elected President of the United States. People are watching these results come in. We're going to make this decision now. Donald Trump will be the 45th President of the United States. Does it ever seem to you that President Trump has done more than any president in modern history? And in the 10 years I've been involved in politics, I've never seen an administration hit the ground running like this. I could spend the rest of the hour laying out the accomplishments under the Trump presidency despite everything uh, thrown at him. Mark has just had his 12th straight record close. Taking action to save as many kids as they can. We were energy independent under the Trump administration. More Americans reported being employed than ever. Helping those who have served our country in the military to get access to mental health care. The Great American Outdoors Act is the largest single piece of legislation to support our national parks and public land. Created more than 7 million good-paying jobs. Websites can be held liable in court for having sex trafficking content. The Abraham Accords, which for any other president would have been multiple peace prizes. America did not enter into a foreign war 
unemployment rate in the U.S. fell to 3.5%. The First Step Act eases federal sentencing for nonviolent offenders. Increased funding for historically black colleges and universities. Allows terminally ill patients easier access to experimental drugs. Kept the inflation rate low. Honored with the bipartisan Justice Award. Had a massive MS-13 gang problem. 3.9% is the unemployment rate. Requiring airports to provide lactation rooms for breastfeeding mothers. Middle class family income increased nearly $6,000. A dramatic escalation in his crackdown on illegal immigration. An advocate for educational choice. Tariffs on Mexico and Canada. An act preventing animal cruelty and torture. Taking out Baghdadi, the head of ISIS, Soleimani, the Iranian general. Save Our Seas Act commitment to environmental issues. We're saying Merry Christmas again. Community development in low-income urban and rural communities. Help us to remember the importance of fighting off tyranny. Pulling out of UNESCO, the World Health Organization, the Paris Climate Accords, reassessing NATO and the United Nations. Stood up for Christianity and the Constitution more than any president in American modern history. We are stopping the attacks on Judeo-Christian values. The Thrive Time Show two-day interactive business workshops are the world's highest rated and most reviewed business workshops because we teach you what you need to know to grow. You can learn the proven uh, 13-point business systems that Dr. Zellner and I have used over and over to start and grow successful companies. I mean, we get into the specifics, the specific steps on what you need to do to optimize your website. We're going to teach you how to fix your conversion rate. Uh, we're going to teach you how to do a social media marketing campaign that works. How do you raise capital? How do you get a small business loan? We teach you everything you need to know here during a two-day, 15-hour workshop. It's all here for you. You work every day in your business, but for two days you can escape and work on your business and build these proven systems so now you can have a successful company that will produce both the time freedom and the financial freedom that you deserve. You're going to leave energized, motivated, but you're also going to leave empowered. The reason why I've built these workshops is because as an entrepreneur, I always wish that I had this. And because there wasn't anything like this, I would go to these motivational seminars, no money down, real estate, Ponzi scheme, get motivated seminars, and they would never teach me anything. It was like you went there and you paid for the, the big chocolate Easter bunny, but inside of it, it was a hollow nothingness. And I wanted the knowledge, and they're like, oh, but we'll teach you the knowledge after our next workshop. And the great thing is we, we have nothing to upsell. At every workshop, we teach you what you need to know. There's no one in the back of the room trying to sell you some next big uh, get-rich-quick, walk-on-hot-coals uh, product. It's literally we teach you the brass tacks, the specific stuff that you need to know to learn how to start and grow a business. And I encourage you to not believe what I'm saying, and I want you to Google uh, the Z66 Auto Auction. I want you to Google elephant in the room. Look at Robert Zellner and Associates. Look them up and say, are they successful because they're geniuses or are they successful because they have a proven system? When you do that research, you will discover that the same systems that we use in our own business can be used in your business. Come to Tulsa, book a ticket, and I guarantee you it's going to be the best business workshop ever. And we'll even give you your money back if you don't love it. We've built this facility for you and we're excited to see you. Now you may be thinking, what does it actually cost to attend an in-person two-day interactive Thrive Time Show business workshop? Well, good news. The tickets are $250 or whatever price that you can afford. What? Yes, they're $250 or whatever price you can afford. I grew up without money, and I know what it's like to live without money. So if you're out there today and you want to attend our in-person two-day interactive business workshop, all you got to do is go to thrivetimeshow.com to request those tickets. And if you can't afford $250, we have scholarship pricing available to make it affordable for you. So if you would like to meet us, we will be at that business conference next week. We would love to meet you in person. They are amazing conferences and you learn so much. And you're also in a room that's full of people that are all trying to move their business forward, learn. Yep. So it's kind of a, it's a hungry environment. So everybody's kind of anticipating mm -hmm. new breakthroughs and learning, new insights. Then you kind of, whatever business you're in, you kind of interpret the events around you even better. And I want to talk about interpreting events a little bit. If you mm -hmm. uh, say we're going on a cruise with your family and you're, you're, you're getting on the ship and you're like excited, you got your back. Bags and 
all the people that work on the ship, uh, the stewards and people are, are all kind of jogging off quickly and just kind of urgently and not talking to you. And then you see, you know, the, the, the captains and the people that run it, they're kind of doing the, the same, excuse me, excuse me, coming, coming through, yeah, coming you'd through. Be like, I am not getting on that ship. You're like, that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Why would they want to get off? Like you might even ignore it. Cause Hey, I'm so excited to get on. I've been watching the commercials. There's nothing but great things, but do you look at the the sparkle and dazzle the ship or do you look at the people that are in the know mm-hmm. that are the most vested, which would be the captains and the staff and people who work there. If they're hurrying and rushing to get off, oh, there's, there's nothing to see here. There's no problem, uh, but, they're, but they're hustling to get off. That should be a sign. Mm-hmm. Although most people, because we're kind of programmed to be distracted by the glitz and the, the smells and, oh, this mm-hmm. looks good. Um, you got to look not at the glitz, but you got to look at the people that are invested in the the the, the boat, the ones mm-hmm. you're about to get on. And it's been interesting because we've been talking about stuff quite a bit, you know, over the last uh, couple of years, you know, talking to Kirk Elliott. I think we might have a PhD. Uh, <laughs> honorary. Honorary PhD. And what we're learning uh, from Dr. Kirk Elliott over the last year and a half or two years. But he brought up this whole thing about Bezos. If you guys remember from last week, Bezos dumped $10.4 billion of his shares. There's a PDF of this. And okay, so got why it, is he dumping 10.4 billion of his shares? What's going on that would cause that? His wife has done something very ex-wife, uh, uh, one of the richest ex-wives in the world has done the same. Um, that's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, if, if something's going to be increasing, you'd think they'd want to hold it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and for that move, um, it's not happening just there. There's quite a few other people as well. Uh, Bill and Melinda Gates uh, Foundation selling stock in Microsoft. Um, Jamie Dimon uh, uh, is has not made a sale since 2005, and he just sold 150 million dollars of of shares of of uh, uh, J.P. Morgan. Um, Mark Zuckerberg uh, sold 400 million dollars of of Facebook stock. This is all in the last week or two. Um, there's the Bezos. Uh, the Bezos sold mm-hmm. $8.5 billion uh, worth of Amazon. Um, there, there's quite a few others. Um, uh, Lily Endowment, $130 million of, of, of Lily. Alex Carp sold $25 million uh, in stock. Uh, McDermott recently sold $26 million. They got all the stock. Okay, then also the Walton family. The Walton family just sold $4.5 billion worth of Walmart stock. And then Jim Ellis and Rob Walton sold $1.5 billion after their earnings. So you have to be like, okay, what the heck why, is going on? Why, why, they, why is everybody selling? We're going to put a, a, a chart on the screen. There's a, a entrepreneur, kind of a tech executive, um, semi-economist person that we follow, have a lot of trust in. Um so, you know, Bezos, Gates, and Zuckerberg uh, have all sold heavily over the last two months. He goes, I remember the last time that this happened, and he has a chart showing December the 15th, 2021, uh, there was a major sell-off by these exact same players. He says, is the roller coaster going downhill again? Uh, you know, woohoo is, is, is the comment. But you look at that chart. The last time we were in this exact moment, that is what the stock market did. And when things hit a peak, that's sometimes where your mm-hmm. brother-in-law and people are like, oh, this is going up. I want to get in. But if you look around at the people that have the most invested, that have the most at stake, if they're pulling money out, what do they do? They pull money mm-hmm. out, do something else with it, and then get back in at the bottom of a dip like that. They're looking at global events. These people go and they meet at Davos. They meet uh, uh, at e- executive meetings and they they get together and they're mm-hmm. like, hey, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? Those are meetings that you're not you know, inv- invited to. And you got to look at, so then what are they doing? Mm-hmm. And again, if you're getting on a cruise ship, the captain, the staff, everybody is, is scurrying to get off. What do they know that you yeah, don't know? Great question. And uh, we're in turbulent times. We're got, you know, we're in basically seven wars in this world. We've covered in the past, China, Russia, all the major nations that are opposing the United States mm-hmm. are all heavily invested in tangible assets. Oil is a thing. Gold is a thing. Mm-hmm. Silver is a thing. They're getting into things and not a shoebox full of, of of IOUs, you know, like Dumb and Dumber. Like, hey, that's that's just as good. As, that's just as good as cash. I would hold on to that. You know, you got to ask yourself this: if 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 you had a friend that you knew had not worked in two years, but his lifestyle was kind of the same, mm-hmm. it looks like they're doing well, but everything's going on a credit card. Would you take a, a ten thousand dollar IOU and borrow ten thousand to that guy? 
No. His, his, the, but if you, you know, if he had someone else you knew was diligent, mm-hmm. was saving, is hardworking, has two jobs, the wife's working, you know that they're, that they're producing income and they had a $10,000 IOU and they wanted $10,000, would you take it? Yeah, they're probably good for it. And so, so the dollar is shifting, other nations mm-hmm. are making moves and our stock market is, is at a peak place and the people at the top of it are pulling money out, not in thousands or hundreds of thousands, but by millions, millions millions and billions, Mm -hmm. eight and a half billion dollars by Jeff Bezos alone. So that is a warning to us and what we're doing personally, and we've been doing it consistently and and as much as we possibly can, is taking money out of other areas and putting it into things that are tangible, you know, Mm -hmm. gold, silver, oil. Those are the easiest things to do. Silver is the best investment, but you need somebody that can ride this roller coaster out with you and with no fee, get back out of it at whatever point and put your chips back on the table when the playing environment becomes right again. So there is a fee at the, at the front end, yes. just not at the back end. And that's when, obviously, you know, if it spikes, you're not having to pay on all of that. So You're not paying on really your gains. It's yes. incredibly important. But it all starts with a consultation. You, 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 you go to flyovergold.com and that just puts you into the loop with Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. And then you have that conversation, pray about it and see if it's right for you. That's exactly right. So go, go ahead, again, go to flyovergold.com or call 7 720-605-3900. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We bless you. We bless you to realize you were born for such a time as this. We bless you to realize your future is brighter than your past. And we bless you to wake up, speak up, and show up. See you back next time, guys. Thanks a lot and peace out. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Flyover Conservatives podcast with David and Stacy Whited. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and make it a great day.